his hair. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, I am so sick and tired of the media in this country, even more than the politicians. The groupthink, the progressive agenda, Absolutely out of control. Absolutely disgusting. Like after the shooting in Parkland. This slaughter at the synagogue. They just push their agenda. Within hours. Within hours. The media are politicizing this mass murder. Of American Jews. By this subhuman cockroach in Pittsburgh. Shame on them. Shame on them. Just when you think the media have reached a low point, they go lower. We have brave men in blue, police officers who ran into that synagogue. Four of them were shot. It wasn't that long ago when the media and the left and the prior administration were trashing law enforcement left and right. And they barely even praise them now. But they'll be back to their old routine in a few weeks, trashing law enforcement, because that's what they do. They'll abandon their hate for the cops for 72 hours, maybe 96 hours, but they'll be back. They'll return. They're hawking this letter that was sent. The New York Times, Maggie Haberman hawking it, others hawking it, by a group called Ben the Ark. Jewish leaders. These aren't Jewish leaders. These are progressives. These are activists. It's a left-wing political action group. As our buddy Ben Shapiro points out, you know who runs Ben the Ark? Alexander Soros, George Soros' son. Why don't they even look into this, the media? Because they don't care. Meanwhile, the rabbi at the synagogue in Pittsburgh, he's welcoming the president despite the fact that a CNN host, as you'll hear later, was trying to draw the rabbi into a debate, into a controversy, because that is all the media cares about. Now, we have a prior administration that effectively went to war with the Jewish state of Israel. Obama, Secretary of State Clinton, Secretary of State Kerry. Kerry, in his last big speech, openly trashed the Jewish state. Obama treated the Prime Minister of Israel with absolute disrespect and contempt. They even reached into the Israeli elections to try and defeat him. And they refused on the way out the door 
with just a few weeks left in their administration, they refused to defend Israel in the U.N. against her enemies. They voted present. And yet another hate-filled resolution at the United Nations. The American media in this country, I said back in May, had blood on its hands when Hamas backed by the Muslim Brotherhood, backed by Iran, backed by Hezbollah, was riding on the Gaza Strip, shooting missiles into Israel. Israel defended itself. They immediately attacked Israel. They immediately attacked the Jewish state. Virtually all of them. I spoke about that at length. When Barack Obama pushed through this Iran deal, Violated our Constitution. Pushed through the Iran deal. Gave them, them $1.5 billion in ransom. Followed by facilitating another $150 billion to that regime, which is a terrorist regime. Which slaughters its own people and its own journalists, by the way, media. Which has said it intends to destroy all the Jews in Israel, and by the way, intends to destroy the United States. Obama was celebrated. He was celebrated. Obama literally armed with billions and billions of dollars a grave enemy of ours and the Jewish people. And then when Barack, when uh, President Donald Trump withdrew from the deal. He was attacked by Democrats, some Republicans like Bob Corker. He was attacked by the media. You ask any Jew in Israel. The president may have a 50% favorability rating in the United States. He has a 90% favorability rating in Israel. 90%. 90%. This president is the best friend the Jewish people in Israel have ever had, bar no other president, which is one of the reasons this mass murder piece of crap went into that synagogue. One of the reasons he denounced Trump, he had too many Jews around him, he said. You know, like his son-in-law, like his daughter, like his three grandchildren. I don't know that we've ever had a president, certainly not in modern history, that had Jewish children and grandchildren. And despite every presidential election pandering about recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, pandering about moving the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. This president did it. Europe opposed him. The UN opposed him. Even some Jews in our own country opposed him. Like J Street. He's appointed a great patriot and the most pro-Israel American as ambassador to Israel from the United States, David Friedman. He's appointed to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, who day in and day out has been fighting these anti-Semitic countries openly, loudly. His running mate, Vice President Pence, 
a lifelong evangelical Christian and supporter of the state of Israel when he was in Congress, when he was governor, and now as vice president. And the media wants you to believe that somehow 11 beautiful, precious human beings, American Jews in this synagogue, were murdered because of Trump. And then when you call them, we're not really saying that. They speak out of both sides of their mouths. Both sides of their mouths. Meanwhile, when's the last time Jake Tapper did a a story, not a short segment, not three minutes, a story on Louis Farrakhan and the Democrats? When's the last time Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, any of those fools at CNN did that story? When's the last time they did it at MSNBC? Andrea Mitchell. Rachel Maddow. The connections between the Nation of Islam and Farrakhan and the DNC and the Congressional Black Caucus, that's right, and the Democrat Party. It's always a wink and a nod. Oh, that's Farrakhan. Really? They have mainstreamed Farrakhan the way they have mainstreamed Sharpton. Sharpton is a host on MSNBC. And they've mainstreamed him. When do they do a story on these FBI reports about hate crimes coming out in this country? We've talked about these reports. Where most of the hate crimes, religious hate crimes in this country, aren't against Muslims, they're against Jews. Well, why don't they do stories on this? And who is attacking the Jews? Why don't they do stories on this? Why don't they do stories? Long stories, repetitive stories. Rather than on porn stars and their lawyers and all the rest of it, why don't they go to the college campuses and see what happens to the Jews on our college campuses? Why don't they see what happens with the Palestinian organizations? You really want to get to the bottom of it? They don't want to get to the bottom of it. Of course they don't want to get to the bottom of it. How about the Bernie Sanders campaign? How about the Democrat convention? Are we allowed to talk about that? The media drag us into the dirt. They drag us into the the mud. Eleven souls slaughtered where they... A 97-year-old woman. Murdered. Murdered. And the media want to talk about Trump. I am a Jew. I'm a proud Jew. And I am a proud supporter of this president. He's reversed all the Israel-hating policies of the prior president. He never, ever befriended a man like Professor Khalidi and his wife with their ties to Hamas like Obama did. He never sat in the pews of a Jeremiah Wright. In my view, another anti-Semite. He never 
befriended Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, domestic bombers and terrorists. He loves his country. And you in the media, he's done more for the American people than you ever could. You claim to be defending a free press. You're not defending a free press. You're destroying a free press. You're creating animosity against the press. The press. What is the press? What's the press? CNN? Jim Acosta? Yes, Jim, I'll tell you. CNN every day acts like the enemy of the people. If you're going to undermine the republic, you're going to not, if you won't report the news, you know who you are and you know what you are over there. You're not exactly friends of the media. It reminds me of Obama talking about transforming America, fundamentally transforming America. As I've said time and again, if you really love something and adore something, you don't fundamentally transform it. This country doesn't need to be fundamentally transformed. It's the left that has a problem. We use the language, the right and the left. Well, tens of millions of us, like me, we are constitutional conservatives. We are not on the left or the right. If you support the Constitution, if you support the principles enunciated in the Declaration of Independence, how can you be on the right? What does that mean? Not on the right. We're not on the left. That's their jargon, not ours. We're right where we should be. As Americans. This man, this subhuman, who slaughtered these Jewish worshipers, not a man of the constitutional conservative tradition, he's a murderer. I don't know any politician who knew him, any politician who embraced him. No. But there are haters, like Farrakhan, who's embraced, or the left is silent about him. When he calls Jews termites, like he did 10 days ago, I didn't see that covered very much, did you? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In a few minutes, the ambassador from Israel to the U.S., Ron Derma, will be on the program. And when he goes on MSNBC and CNN, do they treat him with respect? No, they trash him or they try to undermine him. Why do they do that? Because of their agenda. Now, on Saturday night, the President of the United States issued the single strongest denunciation of anti-Semitism of any American president. Period. To those who seek to destroy the Jewish people, we will seek to destroy them. I didn't hear that from Obama. Tell me, was the President's call to destroy anti-Semitism a dog whistle designed to win the support of anti-Semites? Is President Trump the reason anti-Semitism is growing in Europe and on our college campuses? 
Is President Trump the reason Jews in France can't walk the streets without being physically attacked or even killed? Is President Trump the reason Jews in Israel have faced anti-Semitic terror and violence for 70 years? For 3,500 years. Is President Trump the reason Jews in Israel have to defend themselves? Is President Trump the reason the leader of the British Labor Party is an anti-Semite? Is President Trump the reason Louis Farrakhan called Jews termites last week? Is President Trump the reason why more and more Democrats call Israel an apartheid country? And side with the, the radical and extreme Palestinians. You people in the media disgust me. After I interview the ambassador, I'm going to get back to you. The enemy of the people. No, no, no. We're not the enemy of the people. I will remind the world to my dying day about what the media in this country did or failed to do in the 30s and 40s. Where they've turned on this president as they turn on him for everything. There's something truly, truly sick about what's going on in our newsrooms today. I'll be right back with the ambassador from Israel. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Well, it's an honor to have the ambassador to the United States from Israel with us. Unfortunately, under these circumstances, Ron Dermer. First, I'd like your general take on uh, what has taken place here. And secondly, I know you've been in Pittsburgh. Who did you meet with and what did you see there, sir? Well, it's uh, you know a horrific uh, act, the worst anti-Semitic attack in, in U.S. history. They claimed 11 lives. I, I was in Pittsburgh yesterday. Got to meet with uh, members of the community, got to meet with the uh, mayor, with the county executive. Um, uh, with Senator Casey was there. We had uh, 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 congressmen, Republicans and Democrats, and uh, talked to a lot of people. I have to tell you, Mark, it's a very, very strong community, and I think a special community in Squirrel Hill, uh, Pittsburgh there. They're very, very tight-knit. It's not just tightening it among the Jewish community, but also the non-Jewish community supporting them. And I, I went to an event last night uh, that really brought out the entire community, faith leaders, uh, Christians, uh, Jewish faith leaders, a Muslim leader who actually spoke there as well and spoke very well. And uh, I think the whole community is just trying to support um, the Jewish community there. And, and everyone told me the same thing. We never thought it was going to happen here. 
and I think they were just shocked and stunned. Uh, and what I wanted to do as Israel's ambassador to the United States is just tell them that Israel stands with them and that they're not alone. And uh, in Israel, yesterday morning, our government meets on Sunday, because Sunday's like Monday in Israel, the first day of the week, and the government meets every Sunday, and there was a, a moment of silence where the entire government of Israel stood, because we are the one and only Jewish state, and so we feel a, a special sense of solidarity with Jewish communities around the world, and uh, that's why it was important for me to be in Pittsburgh uh, yesterday. Now, you were born in Miami. I just want people to know this. You are born in Miami. Your father was the mayor of Miami. Your brother was the mayor of Miami. Miami Beach. Miami Beach. We're sticklers about that. Yeah, we're yep. the ones with the nice beaches. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's true. Um, so you know the United States very, very well. Obviously, you are an Israeli citizen, and you, uh, you're very close to the prime minister of Israel. So when you look at this, we see growing anti-Semitism throughout Europe. Uh, the FBI put out a report, uh, the latest report, you see growing anti-Semitism or hate crimes, as they call it, in the United States. What do you make of this? Well, listen, it, it is, as you say, a growing problem. Uh, many people want to say that it began in 2016 with President Trump's election. That's simply not true. And you should look at the FBI statistics that you mentioned. Uh, in 2014 and 2015, uh, hate crimes against Jews accounted for over half of hate crimes against religious groups in the United States. Now, Jews are only 2% of the population, Mark, and they're accounting for over half. And by the way, there were periods over the last 15 years was about 75%, and the number of uh, attacks, hate crimes against Jews were actually much bigger than it was in 2014 or 2015. I really think what you have, Mark, is, is the rise of anti-Semitism over the last couple decades. What you had was about a half century after the Holocaust, where it was politically incorrect to attack Jews. And I think what you've seen happen over the last two decades is that it's once again become fashionable uh, to attack Jews, and it's no longer politically incorrect to go after Jews. Now, most of the attacks actually hide themselves behind a mask of hatred towards Israel, to the one and only Jewish state. Uh, but the singling out of Israel is very much like they used to single out the Jews for special treatment. So I think you've seen this on the rise. It's not just in America. It's all around the world. You've seen attacks against Jews in Paris, attacks against Jews in Toulouse, attacks against Jews in Copenhagen, attacks against Jews in Brussels and in London, and even in the United States. Uh, this is not the first attack. There was an attack uh, in 2006 at a Jewish federation in Seattle. There was an attack in 2014 at a Jewish community center uh, outside of Kansas, in Kansas City, which I think claimed three lives. And this is just the worst attack. But this is a growing problem, and I think one of the issues is social media. Because, you know, you can have a very, very small fraction of the population that are these, uh, you know, these crazy, I don't know if I'd call them crazy, but evil people. Um, you could have a, a one one-hundredth of one percent could be 30,000 Americans. Um, and these are extremists. It could be people like David Duke. It could be neo-Nazis. It could be white nationalists, all sorts of people. But online, they can actually build communities of hate in a way that they couldn't do before. So I think as you get more and more people going into social media, as you have this rise of, of these online hate groups, I think it's extremely dangerous. And it, dangerous, and it, it has given them a sense of community of haters. And I think it's important to take action against it. I will tell you, Mark, that in Israel, we monitor the Internet. Now, we're a different country, and you have constitutional protections here, and I know that you're, 
you're a great defender of them. We don't have a First Amendment, a Second Amendment, a Fourth Amendment. But hopefully your law enforcement authorities can figure out a way within your laws and constitutional rights that Americans have to figure out a way to monitor this so they can see when sort of this kind of hate pops up and then be able to take action before the crime takes place. That's what we have in Israel. Um, and it's been very effective at preventing a lot of these types of attacks. I, I mean, I would love to believe that this is going to be the last attack, but I think given that these, all, these haters are communicating with each other, uh, I, th- I think it's important for your authorities to, to see what they can do to prevent the next attack. And you also have armed guards at many of your uh, synagogues. Yeah, you know? that's, a re- that's a reality that, uh, unfortunately, Jews face around the world. If you go to London in a synagogue, you are more likely than not to see actually a policeman uh, or a police car outside. Same thing in Paris, same thing in Brussels, and in other places around the world. Now, you don't want to see that happen in America. I do think that on high holidays, Roshan and Yom Kippur, in many synagogues, you do have uh, local law enforcement authorities, at least since 9-11. But this was just Jews going about their business praying in in a synagogue on a, on a Saturday morning. And to think that every single synagogue in America needs that type of prediction, protection is is sad. Uh, but unfortunately, at least for the foreseeable future, it might it might be necessary not only to protect the population, uh, but to give them a sense of security. One thing that's important is for political leaders to speak out very, very strongly against that. I was very pleased to hear from President Trump. I thought he had you know, one of the strongest condemnations, frankly, I have ever heard. I've never heard a non-Israeli, non-Jewish leader say that those who try to destroy the Jews, we will destroy them. I've never heard that, Mark, from any leader. And not only was it, did I, did, um, did, was I heartened to hear the President of the United States say that, but I was heartened to hear the applause he got from the people who were at that rally in Illinois when he said that. Uh, and it's important for people on the right to spit out the extremists among them, the David Dukes. It's important for people on the left to spit out the extremists like Louis Farrakhan and others, and to say that there's no place for this type of hatred in the United States. Well, you know, mainstream conservatives have never considered themselves far right or embraced David Duke. We repudiate people like that. But we do have a growing BDS movement in this country. It's growing on our college campuses. Quite frankly, it's growing in the left, and there's haters everywhere of every breed, of every stripe, and so forth and so on. But in some ways, it's getting more and more mainstream. The the UN is rapidly anti-Semitic. The BDS movement, which has been mainstreamed in many with many corporations and many organizations and, and political organizations in Europe, and even somewhat in the United States. This, again, this is, this is intended as an anti-Semitic, anti-Jew, anti-Israel movement. Do you see this growing, too? No question about it. I mean, for many years, uh, the U.N. has been ground zero for anti-Semitism and holding Israel up to a standard that it holds no other nation on earth. When you have, you know, two-thirds of the General Assembly, General Assembly, U.N. General Assembly resolutions against Israel, that's got to tell you something. When you have more resolutions passed against Israel in the U.N. Human Rights Council than all the countries of the world combined, um, that's got to tell you something. And this is a deep problem. People thought it was a thing of the past. It's not. Uh, it's very serious, and it's growing, and that's why it's, it's so important. You know, there, there's a, an old saying that, you know, it starts with the Jews, but it never ends with the Jews. We have always been seen as the canary of the co- in the coal mine of, in, of civilization. So when you have those noxious fumes that are directed at the Jews, um, it's not going to end there. It's going to spread, and that's why it's very important for people to, frankly, Mark, put all the politics aside 
and stand together, whether you're on the right, a conservative or a liberal, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, and, and say no to this kind of hate and, and lead by showing that this type of bigotry, this type of hatred will have no sanction in the United States of America. You know, I agree completely with putting politics aside, but I've been watching, as I'm sure you have in the United States, our media. And it's politics first, second, and third. It's politics morning, noon, and night. It's politics. Is Trump responsible for this? Is Trump this? Is Trump this? Is Trump this? And this killer, this mass murderer, this, this Jew hater, he hated Trump. He didn't like Trump. He said he had too many Jews around him. Now, you have in President Donald Trump, in my view, the, the greatest support of Israel of any American president. He's acknowledged that Jerusalem is the capital. No president did that before. He's moved our embassy to Jerusalem. They all promised they never did it before. He took this Iran deal, which was passed by Congress and the prior administration, which gave tens of billions of dollars to this terrorist regime, which has the United States and Israel in its sights. He said no more to that. I mean, from my perspective as an American, as a conservative who's, who's been watching this stuff for a long, long time, this president has been the best friend of the Jewish state, certainly during my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've said this uh, before. Uh, we've never had a stronger supporter of Israel than President Trump. Uh, and frankly, it, it hasn't even been close in terms of what he's done. I mean, you listed some of those things that he's done. You have uh, Nikki Haley, Ambassador Haley at the U.N., pushing back against all this anti-Israel sentiment. Obviously, the decision in Jerusalem. In the case of Iran, look, Iran is the most anti-Semitic regime in the planet. They call for the annihilation of the one and only Jewish state. And you have Hezbollah a terror proxy of Iran that actually one of Hezbollah's leaders said a few years ago that all, he hopes all the Jews will come to Israel so he can wipe them out there. So this president of the United States stood up to the entire world and withdrew from the nuclear deal with Iran, has restored sanctions against Iran, and in doing so he has starved this anti-Semitic terrorist regime of hundreds of billions of dollars that would be used to, to kill Jews and to murder uh, Israelis, uh, and, and also to threaten all of our Arab neighbors and everything else. One good thing that came out of that, that nuclear deal is brought Israel uh, and the Arab world closer together. But listen, we, we appreciate very much and are very grateful for that support. And like I said, I'm very grateful uh, that the president so forcefully uh, condemned uh, the anti-Semitic attack. Uh, I think it, it is very, very important. I think if people think that all of these things happen, uh, because of President Trump's election, they're, they're just kidding themselves. They don't understand the history of anti-Semitism. It's not only the world's longest hatred, oldest hatred, it's the most malleable hatred. I mean, Jews are, are, have been attacked and killed, you know, for being a, a capitalist, for being a communist, for being uh, the biggest doves, for being the biggest hawks, for being called globalists, for being called, you know, ethnic separatists. Jew haters can always find a reason to hate Jews, and it's been going on for a long time. And I hope one positive thing that can come out of this horrific uh, act is that people will stand together against anti-Semitism. Look, President Trump is not the reason why you have a Jeremy Corbyn in Europe, uh, the head of the British Labour Party, who is an anti-Semite. It's, it's not the reason why you have all these attacks and have for many years uh, in Europe against Jews. Unfortunately, this thing is has come here to the United States and, and has now killed 11 uh, Jewish worshipers in, in Squirrel Hill, uh, Pittsburgh. But if anything can come out of it, hopefully people can stand together and put the politics aside, understand that there are people who are anti-Semites on all sides, 
and people should stand together against this and call out the anti-Semites on their side of the political aisle. That's what's hard. Not just calling it when it's on the other side, but calling it on your own side, whether it's a David Duke, whether it's a Louis Farrakhan, wherever it comes, whether it's on a college campus with people trying to single out Israel and defame and demonize Israel and make all these wild charges that Israel's an apartheid state, a racist state, uh, a perpetrator of genocide, which I think triggers a lot of people to a level of hatred towards Israel that you don't see of any other country, this demonization. Wherever it is, people have to stand up to it. And I think in protecting the Jews, I think they're going to be protecting everybody. All right, Ambassador Ron Dermer of Israel, we appreciate your time. God bless and thank you, sir. Thank you. He's really good. Okay, I've laid it out. He's laid it out. Any objective news organization should be laying this out, but they're not going to because they're not objective and they're really not news organizations anymore. Not many of them. You know, falls officially here. Temperatures across the country are dropping. They certainly are where I live. After a long summer of running your air conditioning, the time is quickly approaching to start running your heater as temperatures drop in most of the country. The National Weather Center is saying the north and central part of the U.S. will experience a colder October than years past. Now is the perfect time to consider servicing your system and replacing your HVAC filters. We have the perfect company to help you make your life that much easier. Filterby.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Choose from over 600 sizes, including custom options that ship free within 24 hours. Plus, they support working Americans manufacturing all their filters right here in America. Save 5% when you subscribe for auto replacement, so you'll never forget to change your filters ever again. Filter Buy will save you time, money, and help you breathe better. That's filterbuy.com, filterbuy.com, and tell them Mark sent you. Look, we need to spend a lot of time on this election that's coming up, too. And we have approximately 10 candidates that are coming on this program in the course of this week. I will also be doing an appearance on Hannity uh, at some point this week. And we're going to uh, commit my Sunday show to uh, the pre-election as well. It's just way too important. We've got some very, very close races. And what's at stake here is enormous. As I say, it's Americanism versus socialism. It really is. For those of you who really know, it's Americanism versus progressivism. It's all teed up now. The media in this country, they don't like to be called the enemy of the people. They're certainly not the friend of the people. Gone long ago uh, is the day when CNN and MSNBC, and these, these used to be reputable organizations, really focused on reporting the news rather than driving the news and creating the news. These news conferences now at the White House, you glean nothing that's newsworthy. Nothing. I'll be right back. Lovin. What does all this have to do about the election? Well, we're going to talk about that next hour. It has everything to do with the election. You can't control much of what goes on in the government, in the bureaucracy, and in the courts. But there's a little piece that you can control, the election. And the media have taken a side in this election. The media are against conservatives, Republicans, small government types. They want to see the president fail. They're trying to create a situation, an environment in which he fails. They want him to be inundated with thousands of subpoenas. They want him to be impeached. They want to reverse the 26th election. 
It's up to you to stand up against the media because the media have now become a political force. It's up to you to stand up against the media and the Democrats for fighting both, quite frankly. And more on that when we come back next hour. Here's the truth about most home security companies. They're like dealing with another bad cable company. You spend hours waiting around for technicians, hours on the phone to get questions answered. And then when you're at your limit, you remember, you know what, I'm locked into this for three years under this contract. If you're looking to protect your home and family, go with Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe is real, comprehensive protection, beautifully designed to look good in your home. And using it makes your home safer. Simply Safe has backups in place to keep you safe, protecting your home, even if you lose power or internet if someone attacks the system. It's technologically cutting edge, folks. Best of all, you get 24 7 monitoring with police and fire dispatch for just $15 a month. And unlike other home security companies, Simply Safe has no long term contract. It's the best around the clock protection you can find. And get 10% off Simply Safe today at simplysafemark.com. You'll also get free shipping and free returns. That's simplysafemark.com for 10% off. Simplysafemark.com. Simplysafemark.com. Get your Simply Safe home security system. I've got a lot more to go through. I hope you'll stick with us. Eight days away from the election, the media are all pumped up, trying to drag down your enthusiasm, try to turn off independent voters against Republicans and the president, and we are here to fight back. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We do have some audio. I want to wait on that for a moment. I want to get into some things you probably are not aware of or we haven't gotten into deeply enough before we, we do that. On the 150th anniversary of the establishment of the New York Times, which was November 14, 2001, Max Frankel, who had been a, uh, 
a top executive and editor at the New York Times for some time. He wrote a piece about the New York Times coverage of the Holocaust. And so, since the media insist on pushing this narrative, the media have a hell of a lot to answer for. The media still treat the New York Times as the paper record. Every journalist, so-called, who you know, including ones you don't know, the first paper or website they look at is the New York Times. Despite the fact that a little over 70 years ago, the New York Times was involved in the greatest act of self-censorship ever. Ever. In order to keep the American people uninformed about the Holocaust. And we're talking about anti-Semitism. We're talking about the horrific massacre that took place in Pittsburgh. And the media want to keep talking about Donald Trump creating the tone. Donald Trump, Donald Trump this. And I'm pushing back. As we must. Because the media are made up of largely Democrats, liberals, and Trump haters. Just the way it is. And they can barely control themselves. Just a few paragraphs from the opening of this piece that was written 17 years ago. It starts out this way. And then there was failure. And then there was failure. None greater than the staggering, staining failure of the New York Times to depict Hitler's methodical extermination of the Jews of Europe as a horror beyond all other horrors in World War II, a Nazi war within the war crying out for illumination. The annihilation of six million Jews would not for many years become distinctively known as the Holocaust, but its essence became knowable fast enough from ominous Nazi threats and undisputed eyewitness reports collected by American correspondents, agents, and informants. Indeed, a large number of those reports appeared in the Times, but they were mostly buried inside its gray and stolid pages, never featured, analyzed, or rendered truly comprehensible. Yet what they printed made clear that the editors did not long mistrust the ghastly reports. They presented them as true within months of Hitler's secret resolve in 1941 to proceed with the final solution of his fantasized Jewish problem. Why then? with the terrifying tales and almost uh, tales almost hidden in the back pages like most though not all american media like most though not all american media and most of official washington the times drowned its reports about the fate of jews in the flood of wartime news its neglect was far from unique and its reach was not then fully national but as the pipe as the premier american source of wartime news it surely influenced the judgment of other news purveyors. While a few publications, newspapers like The Post uh, and PM in New York and magazines like The Nation and The New Republic showed more conspicuous concern, the New York Times' coverage generally took the view that the atrocities inflicted upon Europe's Jews, while horrific, were not significantly different from those visited upon other war victims, nor more noteworthy. 
Only six times in nearly six years did the Times front page mention Jews as Hitler's unique target for total annihilation. Only once was their fate the subject of a lead editorial. Once. Only twice did their rescue inspire passionate cries in the Sunday magazine. And it goes on. This is the history of the New York Times, which is completely ignored. Just as the history of the Democrat Party and slavery, its connection with the Klan, segregation, Bull Connor, George Wallace, literacy tests, poll taxes. Just as the Democrat Party's connection with all of that is whitewashed out of our history, so too is the media's cover-up of the Holocaust during World War II. CNN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, ABC, the New York Times, the Washington Post. They've never come to grips with this and they never intend to. What exactly is it that Donald Trump has done to the news media? Has he rounded up reporters? Has he shut down newspapers? Has he sicked the FBI on them like Obama did? He's done none of these things. He dares to call them out by name. Both the outlets and the individuals. He dares to speak the truth about what's happening in this country. When it comes to the media and the groupthink and the agenda. We know from their own reporting, that the vast majority of them are Democrats. Not independents, Democrats. We know from their own reporting that the vast majority of them are liberals. And that they claim to be professionals. What makes Jim Acosta professional? What are the standards? What makes Don Lemon a professional? What are the standards? This Trump-hating, on top of every horrific tragedy that occurs in this country, is absolutely insane and sickening. That's why this election in eight days is so important. They are trying to drive you and drive people who are on the fence away from this president. They are trying to reverse the outcome of the 2016 election. They're trying to bring down this administration. There's no other explanation for this. None. They believe that they are a power unto themselves. I don't need to hear from these modern reporters, so-called, about freedom of the press and the history of freedom of the press. They have no idea about the history of freedom in the press in this country. None whatsoever. That the press wasn't always so free in this country. And yet, we had great patriots before the revolution, during the revolution, after the revolution, during the constitutional period. Great patriots 
who not only reported news, who supported the founding principles of this country. Is that what Jake Tapper supports? The founding principles of this country? Is that what Rachel Maddow supports, the founding principles of this country? As an institution, is that what CNN supports and the New York Times? Is that what the Washington Post supports and all the rest of them? The founding principles of this country? You bring up the founding principles of this country, you're mocked, you're attacked as a right-winger. As a throwback. If you don't embrace the progressive agenda of abortion on demand, of undefined genitalia of massive spending massive debt open borders then you're attacked we have people trying to get into this country organized by leftists both on the other side of the border and in this border we know from some serious reporting from Fox and some others that it does in fact include Criminals, former criminals, and gang members. But even that aside, thousands and thousands of people marching toward our border. And the President of the United States says no. He's ordered 5,200 in the military to block their entrance. And for this, he's a racist. President of the United States says no to people coming here claiming refugee status. From some of the most dangerous parts of the world, breeding terrorism, where there's civil war. Six countries that are Muslim-majority countries. And yet, the vast majority of Muslim countries, where the vast majority of Muslims live, are not on the list. For this, trying to protect the American people, as Obama tried, as Franklin Roosevelt would try, as others would try, for this... They try to characterize him as a racist. And yet the Supreme Court of the United States upheld his decision. He speaks the truth. You know, when Harry Truman would speak the truth, they would call him plain-speaking Harry. But they don't call Trump plain-speaking Donald, do they? He's been compared to Hitler. For what? He's been called a racist. For what? Charlottesville, they tell us. Did he support the neo-Nazis and the Klan in Charlottesville? Did I miss something? Did I miss something? Of course he didn't. Of course he didn't. He supports law enforcement. And yet, look at the paint, the uh, picture they paint. On the immigration issue, children being separated from adults. They put children in cages, they say, and they use the pictures from the Obama administration. The media used the pictures from the Obama administration. They still talk about Trump putting kids in cages. Where the hell did this happen? But they say, look how he's separating children from adults. And the facts never seem to catch up with the media. 
first of all, some of those children don't belong to some of those adults. Some of them are coyotes. Some of them are, are kidnappers and smugglers. But even more than that, to put the children with the adults would mean that the children go into adult detention centers where they can be molested and so forth. That's why it was set up that way. Not because Trump's a racist. My God. The reporting in this country. They want to report on Trump's alleged extramarital affairs. Not while he's president. Years and years ago. John Kennedy had affair after affair after affair while he's president in the Oval Office. With an intern in a swimming pool who was 17 years old. You're not allowed to talk about that. While he was president. Did they report on it back then? They covered it up over there at the Washington Post. Even worse than Kennedy with his affairs was LBJ. Where's the book on that? While he was president of the United States. There's none of that with Trump. The media is obsessed with Trump's personal life. They had no interest in John Kennedy's personal life. They had no interest in LBJ's personal life. That's what we're talking about, Jim Acosta. They had no interest in the fact that a woman came forward Face and name, Juanita Broderick, pointed her finger at the President of the United States, Bill Clinton, and said, that man raped me. With three contemporary witnesses, who she told immediately after it took place, they had no interest. None. And you can even look at these Senate and Governor races. This guy, Andrew Gillum, in Florida. He's dirty. Undercover FBI agent. He's dirty. The national media ignore it completely. Completely. Meanwhile, you have a wonderful candidate, an African-American running in Michigan, a combat veteran, a small businessman, really a class act. They ignore him. John James, because they don't want to promote him. We're on to you in the media. Stop calling us the enemy of the people. When, when you stop calling our president Hitler, when you stop calling our president a racist, when you stop calling our president mentally deranged and mentally ill, well, think about it. Otherwise, screw off. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. 
Let's start, Mr. Producer. Let us go to the montage. Which uh, which number is that? I don't. Let's go to number seven. Go. Nationalism goes hand in hand with anti-Semitism. The entire idea of anti-Semitism is to put Jews outside the body politic, outside the definition of us. And that's what Donald Trump does. That's his theme. That's what his party is now committed to doing. In politics, you go out on the campaign trail and anti-Semites will always talk about globalists, international bankers. It's all clearly directed at Jews. It's anti-Semitic. What he has been doing um, is to stoke this idea of globalists, this idea that really has been historically tied to anti-Semitism. These are anti-Semitic tropes that the president is trafficking in, has been trafficking in for at least the three years since he started running. And it's not a coincidence that these people pick up on this. The president's obviously a racist. He's obviously a demagogue. He obviously condones anti-Semitism, stokes up nationalist hatred. This is MSNBC and CNN. I thought for a minute they were talking about Barack Obama. If Trump's all these things, why does he have massive support in the state of Israel, the Jewish state? Can somebody explain that to me? And he hates his own daughter and son-in-law and his grandchildren? These are lies. And as I remember, the anti-Semites used to lie a lot, too, ladies and gentlemen. The nationalists in Europe used to lie a lot. They used to peddle stuff like this. Jennifer Rubin and Joe Scarborough and Joy Reid. Joy Reid, there's a laugh. It's amazing she still has her job. Somebody named Julia Ioff from GQ Magazine on CNN. John Heilman, MSNBC. All of these people should be banished from the media. See, they support the free press. As long as it doesn't include Fox, as long as it doesn't include conservative talk radio, as long as it doesn't include the Washington Times and the Washington Examiner and Investors Business Daily and a handful of others. Sure, they're for a free press, as long as it's them. They're really not for a free press. They're not even for a constitutional republic. You and I were for a free press. We're for free speech. So here's the president basically called an anti-Semite, a Nazi, and all the rest. And when he pushes back, it's his fault. All of this on top of this horrific mass murder in Pittsburgh. That's the media's focus. Trump. I'll be right back. One of the key Senate races in this country is in the Show Me State, Missouri. And uh, you got an excellent Republican candidate, Josh Hawley versus Claire McCaskill. Josh Hawley, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Every election cycle, Claire McCaskill tries to remake herself into some kind of a moderate. I just saw her interviewed on Fox where she says, hey, look, I vote with Trump half the time. And I oppose Kavanaugh because of his views on foreign money in campaigns. And now are the people in Missouri going to buy this trick one more time? No, they are not. You know, Senator McCaskill is trailing in the polls. And she's a, she's a little desperate, to be honest with you, Mark, and uh, as she should be, because listen, I mean, she is out of step with the voters of the state. It's just that simple. I mean, they told her that they wanted her to get with the program they voted for in 2016 by 20 points, by the way. President Trump won this state by 20, 
And Senator McCaskill turns around and votes no on Neil Gorsuch for the Supreme Court, no on Justice Kavanaugh, no on the tax cuts, no on border security, no on rebuilding the military. I mean, it's just it, she could not be more out of step with. Is this. she running in New York or Missouri? Yeah, exactly. Well, most of her money comes from New York and California, and that's she'd be a great senator for one of those places. But for this state, hardly. And uh, that is her, that's her big problem, and that's why she's down in the polls. Uh, she is just out of touch with the people of our good state. I mean, she really is a leftist, to be perfectly honest with you. Her votes really are not much different from a Bernie Sanders or a Chuck Schumer. And, of course, she will vote to make Chuck Schumer uh, the leader of her of, of the uh, of the Democrats in the Senate. And she does that every time, right? Absolutely. She votes with him about 90% of the time. She has accepted $26 million in expenditures uh, from Chuck Schumer. He has spent more money in Missouri than anywhere else in the country trying to prop up a Senator McCaskill and uh, buy her seat. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that Missourians just don't take too well. I mean, they they don't want anybody coming in and telling them how to vote. And to have Chuck Schumer come into our state and try to buy this seat, it just isn't flying. The, the uh, top three issues in Missouri, are, as far as you see them, what are they and what are your positions on them? Well, I would start with pro-Constitution judges. And what happened to Justice Kavanaugh is a big, big issue in this race. It really exposed, I think, the left's thirst for power, the radical nature of their agenda, and the fact that they have not accepted and are not willing to accept the results of the 2016 election and the rule of we the people. You know, they want to do everything they can to try to get their hands on power to undo what we the people have said. And that is a huge issue in this race. Immigration is a huge issue in this race. Border security, especially with this caravan as it continues to mass and move towards the border. Claire McCaskill is sponsoring an open borders bill in Congress, the most radical open borders bill ever introduced. And uh, that is a huge, huge issue. And then I think uh, uh, economic growth, wage growth, Senator McCaskill voted against the middle class tax cuts. She's voted over 200 times to raise taxes in Congress. And uh, people want somebody who's going to go be a fighter for the middle class and workers and uh, not just another big government liberal. But, you know, these big government liberals think they found an issue, you know. That's pre-existing conditions on health care. And they keep running around the country in every state, by the way, including your state, with McCaskill saying you all oppose uh, uh, methods of protecting people with pre-existing conditions. Is that your position or is she just trying to make that your position? Oh, she's just trying to make that my position. That's a total and ridiculous falsehood, and she knows it. And I've called her out on it many times in our debates. I support uh, forcing insurance companies to cover folks with pre-existing conditions on the same terms as everybody else. Here's the difference, Mark. I don't think we need Obamacare to do it, and I think that we should stop holding hostage patients who have pre-existing conditions, and everybody else too, by the way, holding them all hostage to Obamacare. In my state, Health care prices have increased 145% on those health care exchanges. That is, the national average is 102%, which is terrible. But in Missouri, it's 145%. Families just can't afford their insurance. That's because of Obamacare. It's because of Claire McCaskill. She won't support any plan that isn't Obamacare because she's a, she's a big government liberal. Now, is she going on about Medicare for all, or has she ducked that one? Well, she, she tries to duck it. She says she's open to it. You know, she's mm. open to it. Of course, we all know that that's where this is headed, and we all know that, that she'll never vote against her party. I mean, she never does on any major issue, any issue of consequence. And 
you know, my worry is, look, they cut $716 billion out of Medicare in order to pay for Obamacare. Imagine what they'll do to pay for their government-run health care scheme. So, you know, it, it is just, uh, it, it will devastate uh, folks who are, uh, who have paid into the system. It will devastate families who are just barely making it now and, and trying to get a hold of private insurance. And uh, this is part of the radical Democrat agenda that Claire McCaskill's on board with. But you make a good point. Medicare for all is Medicare for nobody because they exactly. have to abolish Medicare. They have to abolish every employer-based private plan. They have to abolish all private insurance and basically turn us into one DMV VA, right? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, the, the fact is, Senator McCaskill has voted already to cut that $716 billion out of Medicare. That's money that would goes to hospitals, money that goes to home health services, money that was supposed to go to hospice. They cut all of that to pay for Obamacare, which, of course, has driven prices up through the ceiling here. And uh, now they now they want to cut further and uh, and take it all away. And it's just part of their plan. They all, just like they want to throw open the borders, uh, just like they want to go back to uh, – uh, allowing trade cheaters to take away our jobs. Uh, this is the wrong agenda for this country. And I tell you, Mark, it's all at stake here in Missouri because this is the race that may well determine control of the Senate. Yeah, and she has deceived the people in Missouri for a long, long time about her actual views, and she has spent an enormous amount of money on commercial propaganda. How's your ground game in Missouri? It's good. It's really good. I'm glad you mentioned that. We have I think it's going to be the best ground game that uh, Missouri has seen in decades. We've got thousands of volunteers all across the state knocking doors, making calls. You know, Senator McCaskill got caught on tape the other day complaining that they couldn't get any volunteers to staff her field offices. Well, we don't have that problem. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing on Election Day uh, the groundswell here. And I tell you, we're, we're leading in the polls. We're gaining momentum. Uh, don't get me wrong, this race is close, and uh, we want to ask for anybody who's Listening, Missouri, we need your support, and if folks are willing to contribute to us, joshholly.com, that's H-A-W-L-E-Y, is my website. We need your help uh, to seal this deal, but uh, we are looking good, and we're going to bring this thing home. We're going to post that on my social sites, on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. It's Josh Hawley, H-A-W-L-E-Y.com. America, you can support this outstanding candidate. These people vote in ways that affect every state in the country. And in Missouri, you can sign up and help Mr. Hawley on Election Day. The more, the merrier. It's Josh Hawley, H-A-W-L-E-Y dot com. Now, you're the Attorney General of Missouri. How long have you been Attorney General? I was elected in 2016 uh, with President Trump, and uh, that's my first time in politics, Mark. My background's not in in politics. Uh, My background's in the practice of law, constitutional law. Uh, That's what I do. I'm a constitutional lawyer by trade and training. Began my career working at the Supreme Court. I've litigated there. In fact, Missouri's got a big case there right now uh, defending our death penalty laws. So uh, that's my background, and I think we need somebody whose background is not in career politics, unlike my opponent, uh, but in fighting for our constitutional liberties. Well, we wish you all the best. Uh, We really do. I hope the people of Missouri come out in droves and support you. It's close, too close by uh, my view. And, uh, you know, we always have to run like uh, we're losing, but... uh, Apparently, you've been running an excellent campaign, and uh, you've done a great job in explaining your positions and exposing her positions. I just hope the country join the campaign at joshhawley.com. That's H-A-W-L-E-Y. You can check them out on my social sites. And in Missouri, you got to turn out big time. And we wish you all the best, sir. 
thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. God bless. Be well. Sounds like a great candidate, doesn't he, Mr. Producer? Yeah, Missouri, you got a real opportunity here. Kate McCaskill has, Claire McCaskill, sorry, Claire McCaskill has lied to you enough in Missouri. This is me speaking. She's deceived you long enough. And there's a reason why Schumer wants her back. There's a reason why Schumer wants her back. We have a number of races here that we can win that are very important. And some of you folks really have opportunities to help this country. There's one of them with Hawley. Got an opportunity in North Dakota. Montana. We'll have a wonderful Senate candidate on at the bottom of the next hour. Uh, from Montana. Florida. You have an opportunity with uh, Rick Scott. Go all over the country. The potential for picking up what our Democrat seats. Look at West, uh, uh, West Virginia. This mansion has fooled the people in West Virginia forever. Why do you have to sit and wait to the last second to figure out where this guy stands? Why do you have to sit and wait for the for the last? He's not a leader. You want somebody who's going to lead for the cause of freedom. You want somebody who's going to lead for the cause of upholding our immigration laws. You want somebody who's going to lead when it comes to judges, not somebody who's got a wet finger check in the air. I don't know. Uh, am I the last to vote? The second to last to vote? And and I mean, it's ridiculous. And you know he's going to vote for Chuck Schumer to be the leader of the Democrat Party in the Senate. You got to get rid of this guy. I know he's most of you know who he is. Maybe you had a hamburger with him. He shook your hand. Great, 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 great. So let him retire and go back to West Virginia and have a hamburger with you and shake your hand. We have a lot of races like this. All over the country. We can make a huge difference. See what Texas does. Texas, you need to hold on to your guy because uh, all the big newspapers are now coming out for Robert Francis O'Rourke. Beto. Well, beat. Excuse me. I'm going to say something I shouldn't, Mr. Producer. Beto. He is uh, basically Elizabeth Warren in uh, men's clothes, basically. That's what his ideology is. What are you trying to tell me, Mr. Producer? Oh. I knew you were trying to tell me something. Now listen to this. The IRS hired a small army of private collectors. Now, if your heart just skipped a beat, chances are you owe the IRS. Because hearing the most powerful collection agency just got more powerful is a concern, is it not? Well, I think it is. Now, if you owe the IRS, my beautiful wife just walked in. Beautiful wife. You know, she's more conservative than I am. Well, not really, but she's, she's in there, boy, I'll tell you. If you owe the IRS, do what listeners Penny and Kenneth did and call Optima Tax Relief. They owed a lot of money. They were living in fear of losing their savings, their retirement, their business, everything. Optima stopped the aggressive collection actions and stopped the small army of tax collectors from targeting them. Optima knows that behind every tax problem are honest, hardworking Americans with families, homes, savings, and paychecks that need protection. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, a special IRS program that could save you thousands, even tens of thousands if you qualify. That's just one way Optima has resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients. Call Optima Tax Relief at 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin'. 
under Obama's presidency, we had the Orlando nightclub shooting. We had the Kalamazoo Uber driver shootings. We had the San Bernardino Community Center shooting. We had the Roseburg Community College shooting. We had the Chattanooga, Chattanooga Recruiting Center shooting. The Charleston Church shooting. The Kansas Jewish Community Center shooting. The second Fort Hood shooting. The Navy Yard shooting. The Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. The Wisconsin Sikh Temple shooting. The Aurora Movie Theater shooting. The Tucson Congressional Event shooting uh, involving uh, the murder of a judge and the, the, the wounding, the grievous wounding of Gabby Giffords. And we had the first Fort Hood shooting. As bizpackreview.com points out, that's 14 mass murders. Does anybody remember any news outlet pointing to Obama's divisive rhetoric? As instigating any shooting at all? His, in many respects, hateful tone is divide and conquer balkanization propaganda. Does anybody remember any news outlet blaming Obama? Does anybody ever remember a news outlet calling Obama Hitler or his supporters Nazis? I'm telling you how bad it's gotten. As bad as Obama was for many of us, as radical as he was for many of us, as outrageous as his rhetoric was for many of us, that was never done. Certainly not by the media. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Your data is everywhere. Data breaches, Facebook breaches, big companies mining and sharing your information. Now, these are legitimate companies putting you at risk. And now you add in all the crooks and scammers, and the risk of ID theft is insane. Now, look, the best thing you can do is protect yourself and your family. It's why I switched from the other guy to the best, my ID care for identity protection. They are the best in the business with plans starting for less than $10 a month, and only my ID care offers 100% money back recovery guarantee. 100% money back recovery guarantee. You can sign up at myidcare.com slash mark, enter promo code mark. That's myidcare.com slash mark, promo code mark. My ID care is taking care of Fortune 500 companies for years, but now their protection is available to people like you and me. So you, my listeners, you also get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark, promo code mark. Learn more, and then let my ID care take care of you, and they will. Now, again, you get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark, promo code mark. One more time, myidcare.com slash mark, promo code mark. How much time do I have, Rich? Well, two weeks ago <clears throat> today, uh, my father passed away. And tomorrow, his new book and his last book um, is released. It's officially uh, available to the public through Amazon.com and any major book chain. Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, and all the rest. And uh, I want to strongly encourage you to get a copy. 
It's called Our Police. And he wrote this book because he was very upset about the way law enforcement was being treated in this country. It wasn't the way he was raised. It's not what he taught his children. And he felt it was necessary for young people to have respect for law and order. It's not a propaganda book. It's a beautifully illustrated and written book. And particularly when you look at what just took place in Pittsburgh, um, my dad would be incredibly proud of those uh, police officers. He'd be incredibly upset about what took place at that synagogue and the way it's being covered, too. I can hear him talking to me right now. But um, it's a really special book. It's a beautiful book. Uh, for young people. So you parents and grandparents out there, if you're thinking of Christmas or Hanukkah or birthday gifts or just thinking of of a good nighttime read for young people, little kids, I strongly encourage you to get Our Police uh, by my father. It's his final book. As I say, uh, he was very excited about this. He was very excited about seeing it released. It just didn't happen. And uh, you can go to Amazon.com. You can go to our police, or you can go to my websites, website, or to my social sites, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. Let's go ahead and put it up there, Mr. Producer, and I know that you and your family will enjoy it and appreciate it. From my family to your family. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here, hour three. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Another wonderful guest at the bottom of the hour. As we continue to press forward uh, eight days before the midterm election. Now, I want you to listen to Mr. Producer, let's get cut nine ready. Jim Acosta at CNN. And when you hear these sorts of things, this should really motivate you to vote because Jim Acosta is not a reporter. And I would say that to his face. He's a provocateur. He's also a liberal. He's not defending free speech. He's weakening free speech and freedom of the press. So here he is, the CNN White House press secretary, who's there because Jeff Zucker, the, the head dog over there at CNN, wants him there to disrupt these press conferences. Jim Acosta is there, much like John Carl and several of the others, to disrupt the press conferences. Haley Jackson, NBC News, that's why they're there. But here's Jim Acosta, cut nine, go. Shouldn't you reserve the term enemy for people who are actually the enemy of the United States rather than journalists? Uh, the president's not referencing all media. He's talking about uh, the growing amount of Well, let me, let me ask you something, Jim Acosta and CNN. Is that what you said to Obama when he sicked the FBI on James Rosen? Or is that not part of the uh, free press? How about when he sicked the FBI on 20 AP reporters? How about that one? 
How about when he conducted more prosecutions under the Espionage Act of 1917 against journalists or people related to journalists than all the presidents combined since 1917? How come he didn't raise these points then? How come he didn't speak up for freedom of the press then? Who at CNN did? I'm quite serious about this. They're hung up on this phrase, enemy of the people. Why doesn't Jim Acosta or CNN ask the American people if they view CNN as the enemy of the people? If it is your purpose as a so-called news outlet to undermine a duly elected president, if it is your purpose to promote any argument you can to try and burden this president so he can't function. Whether it's a porn star, whether it's her lawyer, whether it's some writer, whether it's some professor, a Russian conspiracy. When's the last time we even heard of this Russian conspiracy? In the last several months. They don't think there is one, so they moved off it. But if the purpose of this corporation, which is CNN, is to peddle this stuff, is to try and drag down a president, and by doing so, weakening freedom of the press. Well, honestly, if that's not the enemy of the people, what is? Should we call it something else? Adversaries of the people? Would that make you feel better? You don't represent the people, not by elections, not by intuition. You represent an ideology. And you represent a purpose, which is the destruction of president. Now, Jim Acosta constantly is disrupting these press conferences. China has essentially declared war on the United States the last 48 hours. Do you know that? I posted that. People said, what are you posting that for? We're focused. China has done that. Xi has ordered his generals to prepare for war with the West. That's us. Jim Acosta didn't ask a single question of that. He's the White House correspondent for CNN. Go ahead. I'm treating the president's calling that out. May I, may I ask a follow-up, please? May I ask a follow-up, please? Since you mentioned that, uh, the president said this morning the fake news media, the true enemy of the people, must stop the open and obvious hostility to report the news accurately and fairly. Uh, can you state, uh, for the record, uh, which outlets uh, that you and the president uh, regard as uh, the enemy of the people? Well, I consider you as one of them, because you're not doing the people's business. You're a self-promoter, you're a drama queen, and you have an agenda. And you're disrupting what could be a very useful news. The purpose of a news conference is not this. The purpose of a news conference is so the American people can get some kind of information relating to uh, the head of the executive branch and his activities. But this is day in and day out with this Jim Acosta. It's day in and day out. And he wants to win his awards from the media groups, and so I got it. But he's not serving any purpose. Go ahead. Uh, I'm not going to walk through a list, but I think uh, those individuals probably know who they are. Would that include my outlet, which uh, received... Yes, it would. Now, uh, sit down and shut up. Let somebody else speak. Go ahead. 
I don't think it's week. necessarily specific to a general, uh, broad generalization of a full outlet at times. I think there's individuals uh, that the president would be referencing. Yeah, Jordan. You're not going to state for the record then. I already uh, said it for the record on behalf of millions of people, I'm sure. You're a punk. You're not a journalist. You're a punk. You're a self-promoting punk. That's what you are. We learn nothing from your series of self-serving, idiotic questions. Nothing. With all that's going on in the world. He didn't ask a single question during that round anyway about what took place in Pittsburgh. Did you notice? So caring his of the people who were murdered. Didn't ask a single question about it. The president says we're the enemy. Of the- Nothing. Now, John Carl, ABC News, their White House correspondent. Cut eight, go. In the case of the pipe bomber, this was somebody who went to Trump rallies. This is somebody who had a van covered with, uh, with, with uh, attacks on the media and praise for, for the president. Um, uh, the, the shooter in Pittsburgh is somebody who was uh, provoked, it seems, by the uh, caravan that the president has spent so much time talking whoa, whoa, about. Whoa, 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 whoa. He may have been provoked by the caravan, but the president didn't create the caravan. He didn't like the president because he was surrounded by Jews. Why, why John Carl, do you leave that out? As for the Trump supporter, you have all kinds of nuts who support candidates. Did you ask Bernie Sanders these questions when his big supporter uh, almost murdered Steve Scalise and was shooting up Republicans two summers ago on a baseball field? I mean, how sick is this? I might have a listener out there who's a kook. Not you, but you know. How do you have any control over that? It's just an outrage. Hey, John Carl, I understand you used to watch ABC News, too. Maybe you or one of your colleagues or some report pushed him over the edge. What do you think of that? Maybe ABC News did. Matter of fact, maybe CNN did it. So again, things are going on in the world that that really require serious journalists to ask serious questions so the American people are informed. That is why presidential news conferences or news conferences by presidential uh, press secretaries began. Go ahead. When you say he's trying to unite the country, why is he out there? The very first first thing that the president did was condemn the attacks, both in Pittsburgh and in the pipe bombs. The very first thing the media did was blame the president and make him responsible for these ridiculous uh, acts. That is outrageous that that would be the very first reaction of so many people across this country. I'm not finished. The only person responsible for carrying out either of these heinous acts were the individuals who carried them out. It's not the president, no more than it was Bernie Sanders' fault for ah. the individual who shot up a baseball field of congressional Republicans. You can't start putting the responsibility of individuals on anybody but the individual who carries out the crime. Tell me, John Carl, were you concerned about the uh, the ricin that was sent to Susan Collins or to the president or to the secretary of defense or the head of the Navy? Or how about the president's children? Were you concerned about that? Did you talk about the Democrats and their tone? Did you go to Maxine Waters? Did you go to Adam Schiff? How about you guys? Do you ever look in the mirror? I mean, I know it's painful. Trust me, we have to look at you guys. Did you ever look in the mirror? Did you ever think you guys, your tone, calling a president Hitler, calling him a racist, calling him mentally unhinged, calling for the 25th Amendment, or giving people a voice who call these things, who say these things? You ever think that you not only contribute to this tone, but you lead it because you're the media 24-7? And not only in this country, all over the world. 
Go ahead. Suggesting it's the news media. The president's the one placing blame here. No, the president. No, 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 it is the news media. I'll step in here. Thank you. It is you guys. Did you even hear yourself just now, John Carl? Did you hear your buddy Jim Acosta? It's you guys. You don't stop. And the president has critiqued you correctly. He's critiqued you correctly. And you say that is a danger to freedom of the press. Why? Well, he calls us fake news. Well, you are fakes in many respects. You're ideologues. Now, Hallie Jackson of NBC News. Let's hear what she had to say. Cut 10, go. So throughout the course of this briefing, you have repeatedly defended the president's attacks on his political opponents as valid because the midterms are coming up. So at what no. point does the White House... Not because of the midterms. I've, I've defended the president. I've defended the president fighting back when he's regularly attacked. There's a difference. It doesn't matter if there's a midterm or not. The president's going to defend himself and he's going to fight back. From a political perspective, right? You're making that From point. any perspective. But at what point does a national tragedy take precedence over the president needing to punch back? If not now... Well, that's a, fa- that's a fascinating question. Let me ask you something, Hallie Jackson. At what point do the media stop creating scenarios where the president feels he needs to punch back? Why have you dragged Donald Trump into what a deranged, Jew-hating mass murderer did? You know he has no responsibility for it whatsoever, any more than Barack Obama had any responsibility for the 14 mass murders that took place on his watch, any more than Bernie Sanders has responsibility for the killer, the would-be killer, who was shooting at Scalise and the others. What kind of reporting is this? Go ahead. You saw the president uh, do exactly that in the wake of a national tragedy, not just this week, uh, but every time our country has experienced the type of heartache and pain that we have over the last week. This is a president who's risen to that occasion uh, and worked to bring our country together in a number of occasions, whether it's the hurricanes, whether you it's the let me, let me Let me show Haley Jackson, Jim Acosta, John Carl. I mean, I know that these three stooges won't get it, but let's try anyway. Let me show you exactly what the president means about how you people conduct yourself. Rabbi Jeffrey Myers is the rabbi of this synagogue, right, Mr. Producer? He's dealing with this horrific tragedy that took place in his congregation. Eleven congregants murdered in cold blood. Most of them senior citizens. All of them 54 years old or older. Just slaughtered. You're the head of Public safety in Pittsburgh and the, uh, and the head of the FBI in that region say it was the most horrible scene they've ever seen in their careers. It is horrific. This rabbi on the ground needs to deal with it, needs to deal with what took place in his synagogue, needs to deal with his congregants. And no doubt he knew these wonderful 11 people intimately. And I want you to listen to Allison Camarada at CNN. And then Jim Acosta, John Carl, Haley Jackson, as if you really need to know. You know exactly what you're doing. But then you'll understand exactly what the president's talking about. This is CNN. Cut 11, go. Do you blame anyone for what happened there at the Tree of Life beyond the gunman? I don't really foist blame upon any person. Um, 
Hate does not know religion, race, creed, political party. It's not a political issue in any way, shape, or form. Um, hate does not know any of those things. It exists in all people. But can hate be cultivated? Can I mean, what we're struggling with today is maybe hate's in all people, maybe it's dormant. What lights the match of hate? I think you're raising one of those great questions that people far smarter than I can answer. What a wonderful rabbi. He was not going to be sucked into this this dark, bleak world of Alison Camerata and her colleagues. You know what she was getting at? She was very devious about the way she was going about it. But this rabbi is sharp, and this rabbi really is in mourning, unlike Alison Camerata, unlike Haley Jackson, unlike Jim Acosta, unlike John Carl. Do they sound like they've changed at all? Do they sound like they have any empathy or compassion whatsoever? The rabbi did, Rabbi Jeffrey Myers. But look at Alison Camerata. She desperately wanted this rabbi to criticize our president. Eleven people are murdered. Four cops are wounded. Families are grieving. These reporters have ice water in their veins. I am telling you the truth. This is just another day for them. But she wasn't done. Cut 12, go. President Trump has talked about coming to Pittsburgh and coming to your synagogue in the aftermath of this. Do you want him to come? Stop. Do you want him to come? What kind of question is this? Trump has talked about coming to your synagogue in the aftermath. Do you want him to come? And what did the rabbi say, Mr. Producer? The president of the United States is always welcome. Um, I'm a citizen. He's my president. He's certainly welcome. Wow. Wonder how many hate tweets he'll get on Twitter. Did you understand his answer, Allison Camerata? Or any of the rest of you? No, you didn't. This is a rabbi who's dealing with, with horror. And all these frauds, they won't give it up. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Perhaps the worst of the worst is this guy, Joe Scarborough. Never really a journalist, a failed radio host, a failed politician. Here he is today. Cut to go. This is a national reckoning. And so, Nika, um, you know, in a week, people get to make a decision. Is this the America they want to live in? Because right now, the only constitutional check against this sort of abhorrent behavior, again, a guy really, a guy who was sending a message by time and time again, tweeting about baseball or talking about his bad hair day there, that was done intentionally. To send a message to white nationalists. This doesn't bug me that much. Listen, I'm, I'm going to watch a baseball game. I'm going to tweet about baseball. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not going to let it occupy my day. They, they know they're lying. People on Fox Martha News. McSally. People on Fox News that talk about the caravan as if this is a big election issue. No, it's a lie. No, they're a thousand miles away. 
know that the last caravan that they whipped up frenzy about actually only brought 14 arrests by the end of the caravan. They know now that's enough, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to push back against this, this should make you furious, and this should cause you to vote. This is really diabolical stuff. This guy is really a sicko. It's very relevant. You need to get out and vote. Montana has a big Senate race. It's neck and neck. Last poll has... uh, John Tester with a slight lead, but within the uh, error. And the Republican running, a solid Republican, is Matt Rosendale, the state auditor. How are you, sir? Outstanding. How are you doing tonight, Mark? Doing very, very well. Now, uh, the people of Montana, I hope they understand that John Tester is a Chuck Schumer Democrat. Are you getting that message out? We are getting that message out. This is the first time uh, since he started serving 12 years ago that people have finally found out the truth about John, and that is that he he uh, talks one way back here in Montana, and when he arrives in Washington, D.C., to his million-dollar home that he bought there, that he votes with Chuck Schumer. He does not vote for the people of Montana. And he couldn't even bring himself to vote for a constitutionalist on the Supreme Court. They come up with these phony excuses and so forth. But uh, Chuck Schumer knew he could count on Tester. This happens a lot, doesn't it, uh, Matt Rosendale? These these so-called moderate Democrats, they, they leave these states, they go to Washington, they vote hard left. Then they spend millions of dollars trying to convince the people in their own state that they're one of them. And that's what's happening in Montana, right? That's exactly what's happening, and, and more uh, worse than that, that he, he voted against uh, Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch, who constitutional conservatives that simply want to uphold the, the Constitution and the rule of law. He did vote for Obama's Supreme Court nominees 100% of the time, so he supported Kagan. He supported Sotomayor, and Sotomayor, who, who came out and stated that the right to own a gun is not a fundamental right. Well, I can tell you, the uh, the people of Montana would disagree with that, and I think you probably would, too. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing. Tester has to know, when he voted for all these Obama judges, for these Obama Supreme Court nominees, that he was voting against the best interests of the people of Montana. So it's he, he, he doesn't really represent the—I mean, if you can't get a senator from Montana— to stand up and support property rights, the Second Amendment, securing the border, then where the hell are we going to get one? Exactly. Let me tell you something. He has supported the hard left waters of the U.S. He supported the hard left when he voted against tax cuts. He supported the hard left on the, on the uh, judges, the confirmations for the Supreme Court. He has increased spending every day since he arrived in Washington, D.C., supporting 11 uh, increases in, in debt spending. I mean, it's, it's just, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And, and so the people of Montana have an opportunity this election cycle to right that wrong and to send somebody into Washington who's actually going to not just promise. That's the difference between me and, and most people, Mark, that are running for office. I've done it. I've served here at the state level for not too long, six years. And what I've shown is that when I was put in charge of the uh, commission of insurance and securities i reduced my operating costs by 23 percent i think that's the kind of willpower and, and decision making that we need in washington dc i cut 55 rules out of the statute 
last year alone because it was doing nothing but generating additional paperwork and expense for the businesses that were required to do it, and nobody even reviewed the paperwork that they were generating. It sat on the shelf and, and um, gen- uh, collected dust. So, it's you know, that's you know, the kind of people we need. Liberal activist judges, open borders, massive government debt, massive government spending. I, I mean... What bothers, what what shocks me, now, I'm, I'm, obviously I wasn't raised in Montana, I'm quite familiar with Montana, that's big country out there, you know, and people people have the federal government breathing down their backs all the time, and they ain't going to get any relief from Tester. Oh, no, they are not, and I will tell you, that's why I can, I can give you some breaking news tonight, Mark, yeah. here on your program, that the, the president, President Trump, is returning to Montana this Saturday. In Beautiful. Bozeman at twelve thirty, so folks can actually go online to my website mattformontana.com, and they can uh, register to get tickets to attend that event. They can certainly find that contribution button and make a contribution, and they can they can participate with us. They can support us, and they can uh, join the join the fight, join the fight against this liberal activism that we're trying to uh, put to rest. It's Matt. ForMontana.com Couldn't be simpler, America. We're going to put that up on my social sites, Mark Levin Show, Facebook, Mark Levin Show, Twitter, MattForMontana.com. You know, I'm not, I'm speaking for myself, Matt, not you. I'm not one of these guys who believes in contributing to the party. I believe in contributing to candidates, folks. So when I'm putting these candidates on the program and putting their websites up on my sites, I hope you'll give them as much support as you possibly can. You have a lot of money flowing in from Montana, from the West Coast and the East Coast, don't you? Oh, my Lance. John Tester, Tester, listen to this. He is the number one recipient of contributions from lobbyists in the nation. We've got one million people that reside in this state, just over one million people. He's getting more contributions from lobbyists than Nancy Pelosi, well, you know, there's 40 million people in California. He's getting more contributions from lobbyists than Chuck Schumer has 20 million people in New York. How in the world does a guy that represents a state with 1 million people end up becoming the number one recipient of contributions from lobbyists in the nation? What kind of promises did he have to make? Well, I'll tell you. All you had to do is look at the uh, how he treated Ronnie Jackson, Admiral Ronnie Jackson. president puts him up for nomination and John Tester comes out and releases a bunch of information that was proven to be false, ruined the man's reputation. Uh, what we say here is that John Tester invented the politics of character assassination, and quite frankly, Diane Feinstein perfected it when she went after Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, I can't think of a single major issue where Tester's been on the correct side. I really can't. So uh, anyway, yeah. listen... Matt, what are the two or three big issues uh, that you're campaigning on? Uh, I would say the three big things are going to be the tax cuts uh, that John Tester voted against, how important it is to have someone in there that's going to support constitutionally conservative uh, nominations to the Supreme Court, and this immigration policy. We have got to have somebody in there that is going to make sure that we get our border secured and deport criminals and uphold the, the rule of law because John is just not there. 
And Tester, the catch I, and release program, the amnesty, the sanctuary city. Wow. The, the, the hard left agenda, he has completely embraced it. And I suspect he would vote should our president, uh, should we lose the House and they make a move to impeach him? I suspect he'd be voting right there with Chuck Schumer to remove the president of the United States. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that, that he would vote to remove our president. He has, again, he has connected himself to the environmental and the radical left. Uh, that's another place where we really have a problem. I mean, we've got a lot of resources here in our state. We have a lot of miners. We have a lot of loggers that are out of work right now, Mark. And, and John has just supported that environmental movement to the point that it makes it very difficult for these folks to maintain these, these industries and these jobs, and they're good-paying jobs. They can support a family. They can keep our, our children here instead of exporting them all over the nation. And he is, has attached himself to that movement to keep those jobs just uh, down and out and suppressed. He, he shut down basically the uh, all but three commercial lumber mills that we had here in, in the mm. state. Well, I hope the people of Montana, the good, hardworking individualists in Montana, come out in droves and elect you to the Senate, uh, Matt Rosendale. We need their help. We need your help. Uh, it's very, very important that we win this seat and take it away from this leftist tester who, uh, who who travels Montana and pretends he's something he's not, just like some of these others do who are really... I mean, the Democrat Party is really hardcore left now, and I'm just hoping some uh, some of the Democrats look at this and say, you know what, I, I know what's going on here, and, and I'm going to just change my vote this time. So, Amer- I, I think go some ahead. Of them are. I, I, I hope some so. Of them are, Mark. I really do. I mean, I've had Democrats reaching out to me over the last 30 days, uh, most definitely since the the obscene way that uh, Justice Kavanaugh was treated, and, and they said they just cannot stick with that any longer. There's one thing to vote against someone. It's one thing to have an open dialogue, but to destroy someone and their yep. family in yep. order to make an attempt of uh, retaining power. The folks here, just they find that unacceptable. Yes, and you're right. And it's mattformontana.com, America. If you can give them your support, there's another candidate we need to help uh, get across the finish line as millions and millions are pouring in uh, for his opponent, Tester, from all over the country. And all of you folks in Montana on Election Day or before, do you have early voting? You do in Montana. People need to get out there and vote. You do, right? Two weeks ago. Yeah, Yeah, they started two weeks ago. And we're identifying voters, and it looks like it's trending our way, so we're, we're very, very happy about that. Yeah, but I just want the folks to know this is a, a one, two, three-point race. And you don't want to regret not having voted, whether it's early voting or on election day, and say, geez, I could have made a difference. I've seen, uh, uh, Matt, some of these statewide races. They're unbelievable. They'll come down to 80-some votes. Or 300-some votes. We saw what took place in Florida in 2000, where it came down to a few hundred votes. And a a small population state, big geographic state, like Montana, every vote really does count. It does. I did 12 events over the last three days, Mark. And we were all over the state traveling around with Don Trump Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle and Rand Paul. We've had a lot of folks coming out, and we tell everybody, please get your ballots turned in. And if you're not going to vote until Election Day, then, then make sure you tell your friends and your neighbors and your family 
to get out there and vote because it will be a thin margin, and we just we can't lose it. I mean, we saw when Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed that that, that uh, Senator Steve Daines, our good senator, almost had to leave his daughter's wedding in right. order to go back to Washington and, and cast that vote. That's how thin the margin is. Yeah. All right, Matt, I appreciate your call. It's Matt from Montana.com. I appreciate him coming on the program. Let's support him. Oh, you bet. God bless and good luck. You know, now that I've been sleeping on my Casper mattress for years, I'd pick it over any mattress I ever had. It helps me get the best night's sleep. Now, once you try Casper, you're going to love yours. You're going to love yours, too. That is your Casper. It's high-quality mattress at an affordable price. And you sleep cool and comfortably every night thanks to their unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and alignment. Casper ships right to your door for free uh, in a small, how do they do that size box? They'll even pick it up for you uh, if you don't love it and refund you everything. From its engineering to its packaging to letting you try it for 100 nights, it's no wonder Casper has over 35,000 five star reviews of all their products across Casper, Google, and Amazon. Put Casper to the test. In your own home for 100 nights risk-free. Go to Casper.com and use code MARK for $50 towards the purchase of select mattresses. That's Casper.com, code MARK, for $50 towards the purchase of select mattresses. Casper.com, terms and conditions apply. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, it's this saggy jawline, ladies and gentlemen. It's this jawline and the double chin that give your age away. But not anymore. Introducing the brand new Genesel chin and neck treatment with dual peptide and MDL technology. Chaminade's most advanced technology ever. It's not, it not only tightens saggy jawlines, but it plumps the lipophilic layers of your skin to contour and define the jawline within minutes. Using peptides and metolactones together for the first time, it works amazingly quickly, and the results get better every day. Nothing else works like the new Genesel chin and neck treatment to sculpt the chin and smooth out that annoying turkey neck. And there's the best news. Here it is. It's yours free. Free. When you order Genesel for under-eye bags and puffiness. And for results in 12 hours, Genesel Immediate Effects is also free. So give them a call at 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com right now. Imagine that double chin disappearing in about a week with Genesel's chin and neck treatment. Now, stop imagining. Give them a call. That's 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. One way to get back at what's taking place in this country is to stand up and be counted. That is to vote. It's not asking you too much to vote. And that's why it's actually necessary to do more, which is to make sure your family members, friends, coworkers, and neighbors vote too, assuming they're going to vote the right way. Let's take a couple calls before we end the program. Tim, Fisher, Indiana, XM Satellite, go. Hey, thank you. Uh, I am only calling to thank you, Mark. Um, 
I just want to tell you the other day when you interviewed Nick Gingrich, my my children got to hear something that I've had the hardest time explaining to them about the conservative culture that happened since Barry Goldwater. And it was laid out so beautifully. And I, again, I'm, I'm calling to thank you for interviewing Newt. I love what you do all the time, so I'm not being cheesy here. But you know what? He laid it out. And it was Ronald Reagan who took over after Barry Goldwater. And we had all these, uh, I call them Rockefeller Republicans, who the, the Bushes and, and Nixon and you know, they didn't quite get it done, but here comes Reagan to take care of business. And now all of a sudden we have Trump. And I love the bridge between Goldwater, Reagan, and Trump with Gingrich's uh, thoughts in it. Well, I'm glad you liked the interview. I'm glad you liked the show. It's a different kind of show. There's nothing like it on uh, any sort of television. And we're going to keep at it. And, uh, and the good people at Fox uh, love the show, too, so we'll just keep doing what we're doing. But, yes, I, I feel like every show is unique, and giving Newt a full hour sitting down with him uh, I think is very, very important. And thank you, Tim. I appreciate it very much. Tony, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Sirius Satellite. How are you, sir? I'm good, Mark. Thank you for your voice, Mr. Levin. It's wonderful to listen to you every night. Thank you, Tony. You go right ahead. I'm a retired Pittsburgh police officer. I retired in April of this year after 24 years of service here. Uh, I have friends that were at that scene. My brother-in-law was at that scene. Really? Uh, people toss around the word hero so lightly. It bothers me. There were real heroes that day, and these officers aren't being talked about for whatever reason. But I know what happened. Those first two officers that arrived engaged that guy coming out. And he's not a shooter. Shooter is for legitimate operators that are on the good side. He's a murderer. They mm -hmm. engaged the murderer just showing up. They got the call. The police station is two blocks around the corner from that temple. They engaged him and drove him back into that building uh, while taking fire. One of them has a hand injury that's probably never going to allow him to return to work again. Uh, they set up a a perimeter, a commander showed up and saw all these officers stacking up to go in because the SWAT team wasn't there yet. And the murderer was laying down fire and trying to draw them into the, into the building because he had a funnel. So they allowed the SWAT team to come in and they encountered him on that third floor behind a giant oak desk, like a presidential desk. And the first SWAT operator is a huge guy. He's over six foot four of just solid muscle. He went in with his team and he took so many rounds. He got shot at least in both legs, in the abdomen, wow. both arms, and he took a head shot. And his Tony, Tony, can we get your number and can we call you back tomorrow? Yes. Do not hang up. Mr. Producer, grab Tony and get his number. I want to thank all you wonderful heroes out there. We really appreciate everything you do. See you tomorrow.